Welcome to In Case You Mythed It, the podcast about the myths and legends of the world that you probably didn't hear about in school. I'm your host, Carl Gage. This episode will be quite a bit longer than the previous one, which honestly should have just been part of the Cadmus story before it. I honestly thought there was more about Europa, but it turns out it's just the one event that gets retold a lot. Anyway, today we pick up with the children of Cadmus, dragon slayer and founder of the city of Thebes, and his wife, the goddess Harmonia, daughter of the gods Ares and Aphrodite, and unknowing holder of the necklace that curses her descendants. I mentioned in that episode that Cadmus left Thebes after tragedy befell his children. This is that story. Much of the following comes from Euripides' 405 BCE tragic play, The Bacchae. I should note that this story has some pretty violent parts to it, especially towards the end. Nothing too graphic, but just a heads up. The oldest child of Cadmus and Harmonia was a daughter named Agave in Greek, but Latinized Agave. She married Echion, one of the Spartoi from a few episodes back, and they had a son called Pentheus. Since Agave's story is tied very closely with her siblings, we will get back to her and her son. Spoiler alert, it does not go well for Pentheus. The second daughter was named Eno, and her story would dovetail with that of her siblings, though she comes out of it looking a bit better. Next came Autonoe, though she is somewhat also referred to as the eldest daughter. I'm just going to put her third, since the order of birth for the first three children makes no real difference to the story. She would one day become the wife of Aristaeus and the mother of Ectaion, who himself had a tragic story, but it has nothing to do with this one. Finally, Harmonia bore a fourth daughter, Semele. Sometime later, the final child of Cadmus and Harmonia was born, a boy called Polydorus. Now, Semele was said to be a priestess of Zeus. Being a quite beautiful woman and spending time in the Temple of Zeus, it was only a matter of time before she, like her Aunt Europa, attracted the Thunder God's attention. One day, after performing a sacrifice to a bull of a bull to the god, Semele was washing the blood off of herself in a river. Zeus, flying by in the form of an eagle, saw her and instantly fell in love with her. And his love seems to be at least somewhat genuine, given what he does later. Zeus visited Semele several times, lavishing her with gifts, but would not be seen with her in public. Indeed, he made her promise that their affair would be kept secret. Though she kept the secret, except from her sisters, it became obvious that something was going on when Semele became pregnant. It was most obvious to Zeus's wife, Hera, who was ever jealous of the women Zeus fancied. Hera appeared before Semele as an old woman, and got Semele to admit that the father of her child was Zeus himself. Hera told Semele that, of course, any man who was sleeping with her out of wedlock could say that he was a god, as men who would do that were dishonest. In order for Semele to be sure, she would have to ask him to reveal himself in his true god form. Hera knew, but did not tell Semele, that mortals are burned to ash at the sight of a god's true form. She merely told Semele that, if he really was Zeus, he would not want to reveal himself, so she would need to get him to first swear an oath on the river Styx, before she asked him to reveal who he was. As we remember from Theogony, oaths sworn by the gods on the river Styx are more binding than any other oath, and the consequences of breaking one are frankly horrifying to think about, even for gods. So Semele, now doubting her lover, but still wanting him to be what he said he was, waited for Zeus's next visit. When Zeus arrived, she asked him to swear upon the river Styx that he would do whatever she asked of him. 
Zeus, blinded by his love for her, swore the oath. And then Semele asked him to prove that he truly was Zeus, by casting off his mortal disguise and reveal himself in his true form. Zeus, bound by the power of the oath, reluctantly did so. Semele was fried to ash in the divine light of the god. Zeus looked into the pile of ashes that was all that remained of Semele, and saw that the fetus she had been carrying, a son, had survived, being itself half-god. Zeus acted quickly and sewed the fetus into his own thigh so that it could finish gestating. As a side note, there is some evidence that the ancient Greek word for thigh was sometimes used as a euphemism for scrotum. Make of that what you will. Regardless, when the son of Semele was fully formed, he was born from Zeus. The child was named Dionysus, a name with a meaning that is unclear to this day. It's safe to say, he's pretty important. Some say that Dionysus was raised by his aunt Eno and her husband Athamas, after his second birth from Zeus's thigh. In other instances, he is said to have been nursed and raised by nymphs. Agave and Autonoe believed to have are believed to have claimed that their sister Semele was smote by the gods due to claiming that her lover was Zeus, when in fact he was a mere mortal, and that both she and her child had perished. This detail will also become important later. Whoever raised him, Dionysus is said to have gone off to prove his divinity and earn his place on Mount Olympus, by gaining a following of cult worshippers. At some point before Dionysus returned to Thebes, Cadmus gave up his crown and retired, now, it would be traditional for Cadmus' son, Polydorus, to take the throne, but Polydorus was still too young to rule. This being the case, it was arranged that Agave's adult son, Pentheus, though still young, would rule as regent until Polydorus came of age. It was during the regency of Pentheus that Dionysus returned to Thebes, bringing with him a crowd of followers from all over Greece, and the rest of the world, for that matter, most of them women who were reveling in the wild ecstatic rites of the god of wine and madness. Thebes, in fact, is said to be the final city that is not worshipping Dionysus. This is because Pentheus has proclaimed that Dionysus is no son of Zeus, believing the story that Semele was smote by the gods for lying, which was itself a lie. As such, the worship of Dionysus was banned in Thebes. Dionysus returns to Thebes for two reasons to spread his message, and perhaps more importantly, to avenge his mother's memory and the slander heaped upon him by his aunts and cousin. He first drives the women of Thebes, including his aunts Agave, Eno, and Autonoe, into divine madness and drunkenness, at which point they go to join the other followers of Dionysus, the Bacchae, in the forest of Mount Githairon, where they drink frankly absurd amounts of wine, dance with total abandon, run naked through the trees, and in general overturn and threaten all of Greek culture's notions of women and societal roles and structures. Dionysus then disguises himself as a young mortal of androgynous appearance and goes into the city. Meanwhile, Pentheus catches Cadmus and the blind prophet Tiresias, preparing to go out to the forest to join the women. Pentheus orders the arrest of anybody found worshipping Dionysus, which at this point includes all of the women in the city, though they are not presently in the city to be caught. He then explicitly orders that the foreigner, Dionysus in disguise, and his Minad priests and priestesses be arrested and brought to him so that they can be stoned to death for introducing such anti-patriarchal and anarchic thoughts to his city. Dionysus allows himself to be captured quite easily, as he has a plan to get Pentheus killed that is so ridiculous there's no way it won't work. Plus, he's a god, so it works. 
When Pentheus tries to have this gender nonconformist killed, he finds that nothing seems to hurt him. First trying to tie Dionysus up, he finds that he has somehow tied up a bull, and Dionysus is still unbound. He attempts to stab him, but finds that the knife passes harmlessly through him. Then an earthquake shakes Thebes, and a fire begins to burn. Pentheus is left frightened and confused by this turn of events. Dionysus then attempts to reason with Pentheus to get him to give in, at the very least to admit to the divinity of Dionysus. They debate this, and Pentheus stubbornly refuses to admit to any wronging of the god, when they are suddenly interrupted by a very concerned and frightened cowherd, which is like a shepherd, but for cows. The cowherd reports that, while in the woods with his herd, he came across the women of Thebes, all raucously dancing and partying, and engaging in the most unsavory of activi activities for formerly civilized women, like enjoying themselves. Then the women spotted him, and they chased after him, madness in their eyes. The cowherd managed to escape them, but his herd were all torn apart by the revelers, who seemed to have almost supernatural strength. Among these Mynads, these Bacchae, was Pentheus' own mother, Agave. Not content with merely killing cattle and chasing men, the women then proceeded to continue down from the mountain forest and attack local villages, stealing everything of value before retreating back to the forest, where they were licked clean by snakes. Pentheus' initial reaction to this admittedly terrifying news is to order a force of armed men to go kill the women in the forest, but Dionysus persuades him that perhaps the best course of action would be to spy on them first, to see if the cowherd's story is true. The best way to do this would be to dress up as a Minad woman, and then sneak into the forest. Pentheus agrees, and Dionysus dresses him up as one of the female revelers, complete with fawn skin and thyrsus staff, a long stalk of giant fennel topped with a pine cone, a holy symbol of Dionysus. Pentheus finds that he is beginning to enjoy this, or perhaps the god is beginning to afflict him with the same madness that overcame the women. He now believes that he can see two suns in the sky, and his limbs feel incredibly strong. He also sees, or thinks he sees, horns growing out of the head of the androgynous young person in front of him. Dionysus leads him away, up Mount Cithiron, to where the women are still partying. When they reach the forest, Pentheus wishes to climb a tree to get a better vantage point on the happenings. The disguised Dionysus then pulls an entire fir tree over so that the king can sit on the top, then slowly lets it return to its natural state. With that, the young person disappears, and the true voice of Dionysus rings out, speaking to his followers. He tells them that the man who had mocked him and them, and their religion, is up there in that tree, and that it is time for vengeance. They surround the tree, and with great strength, pull it down. Pentheus attempts to flee, but his mother Agave tackles him. He reaches out to her, but in her madness she does not see him. Instead, she tears off one of his arms. Then Eno and Autonoe join her, and all the women of Thebes, in tearing apart the king. When Agave returns to the city, she is carrying the head of Pentheus on a Thyrsus staff, boasting of how she and the other Bacchae have killed a mountain lion, and since she struck the first blow, she got the head. She shouts that Pentheus should come out and see this, so he can nail the lion's head above the door for all of Thebes to see what his mother has done. Then she meets Cadmus, who is already aware of what has happened, and in fact has been off collecting the parts of Pentheus for burial. He asks Agave to look to the heavens and try to clear her head, 
He speaks to her until the madness of Dionysus has worn off. Then she is shattered by the sight of the head, now seeing what it truly is. Cadmus laments that they have been punished by the god. Perhaps they deserve to be punished, yes, but this is too much. Dionysus then appears before them, and tells them what shall become of them all, that Agave shall go off into exile, and Cadmus and Harmonia shall be turned into snakes. Such is the price of offending Dionysus, god of wine, ecstasy, and madness. When asked by Cadmus whether acting in such a human way is right for a god, Dionysus informs him that Zeus has already approved it all years ago. From that day on, nobody questioned the divinity of Dionysus, son of Zeus, nor did they besmirch the good nature and honesty of Semele, his mother. And when it came time for the parties in his honor, everyone in Thebes attended. Thank you for listening. Until next time.